We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. is going on Roto Grinders. Welcome to week three of the Pick Six Show. I'm your host, Dean. It's Dean78904. If you want to get all technical, that is the Daily Fantasy Handle. I'm joined today by two fantasy football monsters, as is the typical scenario. Uh, myself and Rich Rebar, myself and John Daigle. I don't know if Rebar is frozen or not frozen, so I'm going to throw it to Daigle first. What's going on, Daigle? How are, uh, how are things in your world? Everything's going well. Um, another slight letdown. We came back EV at the end of the afternoon, but seeing Kirk Cousins throw three touchdowns on his first four possessions, we thought it was going to be a lot hotter for the afternoon. And it turns out that's where the fun stopped. But other than that, a good slate, and I'm happy to talk about week three. You didn't jam in, uh, in Derek, Derek Henry? You, you were, that wasn't a spot Well, for you? you see, that's where it comes to winning and not winning is that I did not have <laughs> Derek Henry, even though he was a good play. We talked, Reeves even mentioned last week that same scenario as week one, whereas now we're in the worst possible spot where he's King Chalk uh, after his big breakout game. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how the DFS world reacts to that. Of course, that's John Daigle from NBC Sports, uh, from Sharp Football Analysis, Rich Rebar. Rich, how about yourself? How was week two? I'm doing good. I'm trying to hang on here. We've had a bunch of thunderstorms. So, you know, hopefully I, I hang on. And we make it through this hour. Uh, no worries. Well, hey, yeah, we're here for the next hour-ish, give or take, depending how uh, on how long our conversation goes. But it's kind of sort of an open time. You know, the way this goes down, if this is your first time joining us in the Pick 6 show, we focus on three main games, three main games in the main NFL Week 3 DFS slate. We're not talking about the Thursday night game, Carolina and Houston. Thank God. 
I'm going to play the showdown though for sure. Like you got to put the showdown, fire some bullets. And you got Davis Mills and you got Davis Mills in them lineups. <laughs> what is a Davis Mills? You don't want to know. <laughs> you real you really don't want to see it. <laughs> I'm told it's a person. I think he quarterback Stanford. I want to say that's about all I know. And just the name Davis. Just well, no, I'm not. That's not even a bad thing. Whoa, whoa, whoa! No, no, no. It's just the name Davis just sounds like somebody that's a. Uh, you know, eh, well, no, Davis is amazing. Any Davis is out there watching. No, I don't mean you. You're I in the hall, Dean. You're in the hall, Dean. <laughs> Let's get out of this <laughs> Throw the shovel away. <laughs> Where's the Homer Homer Simpson in the bushes? I gotta go. I gotta backtrack a little bit. We don't talk about Carolina, Houston. Uh, no quarterbacks in that game. Anybody in that game? Uh, Green Bay, San Fran. We're not talking about uh, Philly, Dallas on Monday night. Not talking about that game. We feature three games. Uh, we're gonna you know dig in the nose pretty heavily, and then after that, we kind of run it back. Talk about the rest of the, you know, the rest of the slate, position by position, wherever we happen to have missed. Uh, you know, Dago, I always play this game, and I, I, I always get two out of three as far as nailing two of the three games we happen to feature. Uh, Arizona, Jacksonville, I was on it. Tampa and the Rams, I was on it. But Baltimore, Detroit was a slight. I just, I just didn't want to talk about Detroit's receivers. I don't know. It, everyone, yeah. everyone. We don't have ta- to. Everyone's gonna, <laughs> everyone's gonna talk about Chiefs Chargers this week. Let's let's just have some fun because Ravens Detroit, as you are going to find out later in the show, is still somewhat sneaky. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it for sure. And like, yeah, Rebar is right. We don't talk about the Detroit receivers. Like, they're gonna be talk about exercising, right? Like, you know, uh, those Detroit receivers, uh, not a lot of fun. But you can run it back with the Baltimore stack. We'll talk about that soon enough. Uh, Arizona Jacksonville, that's the first game on tap. Uh, we're looking at a 52 total. That's a big number, a fast paced game. Uh, Jacksonville here at home is a seven and a half point favorite. And uh, well, I'll, I'll go to you, Rich. Uh, well, I take the Arizona side. Murray, I, I, he's already been crowned the MVP by some people. And it's just, he is phenomenal. He's so much fun to watch. He's fantasy football goodness. He's got ready made pairings, almost too many pairings. Uh, all right, Cardinals, they're not going to be stopped here by Jacksonville, right? Just a matter of who gets the touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, listen, and that's what makes Kyler so fun is aesthetically he is fun to watch, you know, uh, having a player of his size and, you know, the way he, he moves around. He's, he's just aesthetically pleasing to watch run around the football field. Uh, yeah, and then he gets another smash spot again. I mean, he, he couldn't have a better start than this, you know, opening up with, you know, Tennessee. Uh, the Vikings secondary is still rolled over being kind of as bad as it was last year. And now he gets, you know, a Jaguars team that has just been kind of, you know, stomped you know they they were terrible last year they actually held the broncos to 23 points they had allowed 24 or more points in six straight games which was an nfl record uh so they did kind of break that streak they get 23 instead uh but yeah points will be had here i mean we don't really like Kyler is the he's the highest priced quarterback for a reason uh we're actually approaching a zone where kind of Kyler can almost be played naked a little bit too, but now he has more stacking options than just Hopkins uh, where we'll probably see some oscillation where guys do well. I mean, everyone got in the mix last week. I mean, they all had one except for Kirk who had, you know, two in week two week one. Um, But yeah, Rondell uh, got on the board. I mean, granted he did have one kind of busted 77 yard play where, you know, no one was in the, I even, I kept waiting for like someone to appear on the screen and just no one did. Uh, you know, we can't count on those to happen all the time, but you know, kind of all three of those guys are kind of in play. You look at last year where we were with just two games in and Deandre Hopkins, it was just him getting every single target on this offense. Uh, at this point last year, he had 25 targets. All the Cardinals had 23. Now he's tied for, you know, second on the team and targets, you know, through two weeks and these other players are getting more run and that's made Kyler, 
you know, a better play. Uh, but yeah, the Cardinals are going to do their thing. The only thing I'm really not confident is uh, Max Williams running it back. Yeah, that's come on. That's not happening again, is it? I mean, it's I, he's the guy, that, you know, no, I, I'm on it on Max Williams. I suppose it's a super cheapy. I guess you can play. I'm sure. Why not? If you want a couple uh, pairings that are stack uh, with Murray or something like that. Uh, I want to, I want to get your thought here, Rebar, as far uh, as the, you know, more yeah, Rondell Moore, the 28% as far as snaps week one, give or take like 48 or so week two. Is that where you think he's going to land? Is he going to consistently go higher? Because, you know, he's better than AJ Green in the year 2021, is he not? But he's, and he's doing fine. He got there on his one play. And that's just kind of like, that's the kind of player he is. He can just burn and get his 80 yarder. And, you know, everything else is just, you know, a cherry on top, however you want to phrase that. Is that going to change or right now we're expecting more, more or less get like half the snaps. And is that, is that good enough? Yeah, I mean, I think it's still just that, you know, it's a ramp up, you know, went from 29% of snaps to, you know, 46%. He has uh, seven screen targets. Uh, the next closest NFL player is five. So you're getting some freebies from him. But yeah, I think there will be some cannibalization with these guys early in the season. I mean, listen, they're going to still see this AJ Green thing through and he scored a touchdown last week. So they're definitely not going to give up on it. Uh, <laughs> he's been out there the most after Hopkins, you know, pretty consistently. They do run four wide receivers, uh, you know, them and the Bills are the only two teams that really kind of entertain playing four wide receivers at once in the uh, year 2021 still. But uh, there still will be some cannibalization with these guys. I mean, listen, Rondell Moore, debt, I mean, we could be looking back and say that was the highest scoring game he had all year. It's, it's not unfathomable. I mean, seven catches, 114 yards, and an 80-yard touchdown, that was for free. Uh, so, I mean, and he was 1% owned, basically, you know. So a lot of people will be chasing it a little bit. He was played in week one when he was min, min price at both sites. Uh, some people ran it back, did well. Uh, but I still think there's a ramp up period. I mean, it's a perfect offense for him. This is what he did in college. I mean, all he did was, you know, catch screens and Y mesh. And that's all this uh, horizontal raid does. So once he gets more snaps, uh, we'll be in business. But I do think that we will see kind of these guys flip flop. And especially when they play better defenses, it'll be a little tighter. That's just it. We don't know yet what the card. Well, we know the Cardinals offense is a flag football team. We know that much, but <laughs> we don't, we don't even know if their defense is good yet because they haven't played a really like significant offense and stopped them. Like yes, Chandler Jones ate Taylor Luan for lunch as we saw in week one. But other than that, like they haven't played anyone competitive really. So we just don't know. And meanwhile, Rondell Moore, it's not only fourth among their wide receivers that he's run, that he's qualified in routes run. He's actually run the sixth, most routes on the team behind Max Williams and Chase Edmonds as well, and yet still leads the team in targets. So it's very volatile knowing that he's getting this done on this past week, 46% of their snaps, but it's a bet I want to make personally, and maybe not this week after such a huge week, leaving the team in targets with eight of them over DeAndre Hopkins as well. But it's a bet you want to make because with this low of volume and usage behind the scenes, but then still that much production, you would think that leads to them using them more. Again, it's Kingsbury. Maybe it doesn't lead to that. But right now, like it's just good to see him as he was in 2018, the best player on any field he steps on. Was I too quick to dismiss Williams as far as the routes he was running there, Dago? And also the other part is, we should mention, we're, we're recording this on a Wednesday night. Uh, some people watch us live. We appreciate that. What's up, chat? Like, subscribe, turn on notifications. Oh, uh, well, in a second, I'm going to give away a week of RG Premium. I promised uh, I would give it away if you give me a, a good comment, a funny comment in the comment section. Not the actual live chat, but the comment section after you're watching it, you know, when it's posted there on the YouTube. And uh, I'm going to give that away in just a second. Uh, we're recording it on Wednesday night. The reason why I'm saying that is because Hopkins has a rib or ribs. I'm not sure if it's single. Well, he's got a bunch, but I think one, at least one hurts. Um, do we care about that? Is that something we're concerned on a Wednesday night here, Dago, or it's probably nothing? Between 
his vaccination opinions and rib statuses for Wednesday veteran rest days, I don't think we're too worried about it. I think he's fine. He's going to be out there. Don't worry. Um, and nonetheless, like Hopkins, actually, his target share, 11.9% this past week, was his lowest since week nine last year. Because like Reeb said, now Kyler is suddenly feeding everyone. We're not worrying about Max Williams. 37 of his yards came off a fluke bounce pretty much a tip drill that he grabbed and then ran forward. Um, obviously his 94 yards were a career high. So not anything we need to worry about chasing, but we did see as they are continuing to chip away and find more usage for more is that they decreased the rate of 12 personnel to allow more on the field, more, no pun intended for their second tight end. And you would think logically, but maybe not again, it's Kingsbury that they continue to chip away at these other receivers routes run as more proves to be the best player outside of DeAndre Hopkins. All right. I found the comment in chat from last week. Uh, I do want to give a shout out here to Chad Stee, C-H-A-D-S-T-E 19. Uh, do, uh, do hit me up on the old Twitter. I'll get you one week free of RG premium. Uh, find my Twitter DFS underscore almanac. Uh, here's the comment, guys. I didn't run this by y'all, but uh, this was my favorite one. I Tell me what movie it reminds you of. Let's see what kind of movie buffs you guys are. Uh, I sharted listening to this. Anyways, great insight. Appreciate it. Broskis. I mean, if you could bust out sharted and broskis in the same sentence, you get one free uh, week of RG Frame. That's just how that goes down. Uh, anybody know where sharted is from? <laughs> no. No, no, along the game poly fans in the, Re- in the- Re- Reeves is the bigger movie buff than I am, but may I think we both live in like the 90s action and comedy, comedy era. Oh, fair enough. Well, that's a good way to butter you up for com- we'll do it. We'll run it back. We'll do it one more time. If you guys, uh, our favorite comment in the comment section, we'll go ahead and get you one, one week free of RG premium. Uh, but yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman, along came Polly, Jennifer Aniston, ben, ben Stiller, nothing. All right, fair enough. No worries. I think hey. I saw it one time. I probably fell asleep during it. <laughs> I love Philip Seymour Hoffman. He's my favorite. Uh, all yeah. right. Uh, the Jaguars. Who are we, uh, Rebar, who are we running it back here with the Jaguars? Uh, and Chanel, as of right now, who knows? I'm assuming he's playing, but it's Wednesday. I mean, the Jaguars, I mean, it, hey, maybe they'll do their part. I mean, listen, they got their garbage time in week one. They still have a, uh, almost a 23-point team total. It, it started well last week. I mean, opening drive, Lawrence was 5 of 7 for 73 yards. They went right down the field against the Broncos, and uh, – that was that was it. Uh, we got nothing else the rest of the game. Yep. He was he was nine of twenty six passing for forty five yards. The rest of the game. Uh, the big thing about Lawrence so far is just his acclimation. You know, to pressure has been really rough. I mean, he's averaging three point nine yards for pass attempt under pressure. That's thirty second in the league. Only Jameis Winston is worse, and it's basically one game worth of of Jameis Winston being pressured because he wasn't pressured in week one. Uh, so far against the blitz, Lawrence is two for thirteen passing uh, for forty two yards. Uh, the Cardinals blitz at the 11th highest rate in the NFL. So, I mean, I'm sure we'll see some blitzes dialed up, but we still don't know. Yeah. Like they will kind of lose you. How good is this defense? We know the front seven is good. We, we kind of talked about them in week one that we thought their front seven was going to be lively, but the back end kind of got leaky last week after having a good week one. Uh, they gave us some production to the Vikings receivers. I mean, the Vikings receivers do do work kind of on everybody. So, you know, TBD, but the Jaguars at least have capable bodies at the receiver position. Uh, Marvin Jones has been out of the gates hot. I will say the week three is kind of the week, right? Like, 
either guys that have started slow turn or guys that have hot, like don't like this is where they kind of kind of burn out. You could put two good weeks together, but guys that put three good weeks together are truly elite players. Uh, so we might see some of these guys kind of come back. Uh, maybe Marv doesn't finally catch a touchdown. Maybe DJ Shark finally catches some passes and uh, Chenault has a pass beyond the line of scrimmage. Uh, but they do have some capable bodies. Uh, and, you know, the tight end situation is pretty bad after O'Shaughnessy got hurt. Uh, I don't know if they'll call up Jacob Hollister, uh, if they were all at the triumvirate of uh, Chris Manhurts, Luke Farrell, and Jacob Hollister. But uh, really, it's the, yeah, those wide receivers are really kind of it that you're looking at. It's almost a, a guessing game because <laughs> we know the Jaguars are going to have volume. It's just a matter of can Trevor Lawrence perform with that volume. Uh, so far to date, the Cardinals have play, f- faced the Titans, the Vikings, two teams that have run the ball at the second highest rate in the league in neutral game scripts, whereas the Jaguars are the opposite. Uh, they're actually throwing at the league's highest rate in neutral game scripts and also at a 75% clip whenever they are trailing, which has been a lot these first two games. And so you would like to see Lawrence have a significantly higher rushing floor than just the three total scrambles he's had through two games, but he's at least averaged 42 attempts. And again, we know their front seven's good, but we still question their secondary. So I genuinely think the volume will be there, which makes him at his price across sites, a really interesting player, honestly. It's just a matter of he has to be good because as the David Baker of the Air Yards or the Prairie Yards Hall of Fame, um, I can tell you right now, it's an early sample, but through two games, Marvin Jones and DJ Shark are the leaders in inaccurate targets via pro football focus. And LaVisca Chenault is tied for second, which means that the Prairie Yards are very much watching Trevor Lawrence throwing downfield right now as the Jaguars allowing pressure are proving to be, like Reeves said, a major issue. So that's how they would move the ball is these coin toss um, throws to Shark and Marvin Jones. And maybe those are still like the best plays here. They're honestly probably good plays knowing they're at least going to get the volume. You just have to pray literally that they hit. Rich, I think uh, Marvin Jones will be popular. I think that people are going to play him a lot. Okay. Uh, I mean, I definitely think on like FanDuel they'll play him because, you know, touchdown driven so, site and yeah. he's 6,300. Uh, I forget what he is on DK. It's got a pretty good price on DK as well. He's just 4.9K, Shark is 5.3, yeah. and Chanel is 4.4. So all of them are reasonable. It's just picking the right one. And Well, I think Marvin Jones is the guy people have kind of settled on. Like, he's the wide receiver one, the alpha. And, you know, he's been a proven touchdown scorer, at least in his career, too. So people are kind of climbing onto that. Uh, the nine touchdowns three years in a row, and then the two out of the gates. Are we going to acknowledge the existence of James Robinson? Are the Jaguars? Yes, <laughs> of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes. No, I mean, are the Jaguars going to acknowledge? Oh, oh the Jaguars going to do it. Yeah. Oh, I got you. He had 14 yeah. touches last week, but uh, I mean, it's it's just real hard. Yeah, it's hard to get excited about. Do you, do you have a take there, Dago? As far as I know, you kind of ran it down, but like you don't have a strong lead at this point. Shark, Jones, Chanel, and Starford. Uh, since Jones will, like Reeb said, come in as the higher rostered player, I don't mind playing Shark. He's only trails Jones by 30 fewer air yards. Of course, like Jones is the one that everyone knows is the better player. Like we're still questioning who Shark is as an NFL player. Like we really don't know through two games and through his career so far. And so just the fact that Jones has been successful with uh, 11 receptions for 132 yards, like, I don't know, but I I really don't mind. I don't know if I'm going to get there, but I really don't mind playing chart. It's just a matter of how I attack this game. And if I see if everyone comes in on Justin Fields, right, then maybe I go 
Trevor Lawrence thinking that he has the 300 yards, three to four touchdown upside, because I do think he has that if everything comes together. I think people will run this back. People will run this game back, I think. Do do you you think that – yeah, what do you, people do that. Okay, okay. I wasn't sure. Um, since, you know, we have a mm-hmm. lot of expensive quarterbacks and great spots as well. All right. Ed- Edmonds and Connor, are we excited about either one? Or is it just like MME darts, basically? No, I mean, it's the one backfield like we nailed. Like, we, we it's actually playing out exactly as everyone envisioned it was going to play out. Uh, so, the, you know, it's it's all short down a distance, James Connor, and all everything else, uh, Chase Edmonds. So, Chase Edmonds is kind of good he's a good like kind of floor ppr play uh probably won't score a touchdown oh hey daigle mbs is where is he at the the prayer yard says scale he's got to be top five he's in the family feud board he's i mean he was he was wide open three times on monday night so but if, so it's it was it's made better, for him it's better for mbs honestly that he is the kind of guy that is boomer bust but like he does have a higher target share this year through two games than last year so you get a little bit encouraging. Um, having said that, like, you know, last year, the prayer yards were literally built around Shark and Jerry Judy. Those were like Hall of Famer, first ballot, gold, green, red jacket, <laughs> whatever the hell color they wanted, they were getting. And so um, we're still out on Shark. He still has his bust being made right now. I was so heavily invested in MVS on that showdown, but a forward-thinking show. <laughs> uh, Tampa It was the right Rams. call. Like KJ yeah. Hamler, it was the right call. You just, you know, Rodgers right. missed him three times. Process versus results. Process gets you zero dollars, unfortunately. As, as you as you go homeless and live under a bridge, process over results. Yes, <laughs> that's what I, I was saying to people that <laughs> meander past me. Uh, next game. This is this is high and it's tight, man. Tampa at the Rams. Uh, Rams are a one point dog here, fifty five and a half monster total. Oh boy, Daigle, get us started here. Somebody said last week. Uh, somebody says all the time that well, I can't raster Tom Brady. He doesn't have any legs. He's got to throw five touchdowns. And you know what? He's just like, screw it. I'm gonna, he siphons. I mean, he's the new Aaron Rodgers. He's throwing those one-yard touchdowns all the time. Uh, I, he's super frustrating. I hate that he's become more likable the older he gets. I absolutely hate it. But uh, the Bucks have averaged 35 points and a combined 55.7 points in their games in their last 10 games since their week 13 bye when they really glued and became like the Super Bowl team we have learned to watch and enjoy. Uh, also a combined 66 and a half points through week two as their defense has, for whatever reason, struggled mightily out the gates. Tom Brady also in that span the last 10 games, 36 attempts, 305 yards, 64% completion rate, and three touchdowns per game, while the Bucs have actually passed at the league's highest rate with a lead this year. Uh, There is nowhere to go, as we found out last week and probably week one in this backfield. This is Tom Brady's offense, and it is very clear that the Rams really haven't been tested yet either. The Bears in a home opener on Sunday night football, and then, of course, a Colts defense that even though the Rams did struggle somewhat, you can also look back and say, well, the Colts play the same offense since Shane Waldron came from, wait, yeah, the Colts play the same offense since they played Seattle week one, and so they were familiar with the Shane Waldron offense since Waldron came from Sean McFay. That's the point I was trying to get in the tree there. So, like, it's not surprising that they actually covered. I don't know if Sharp had that, but it seems like a game that he probably would have had. And so it's just a unique – we haven't really seen this Rams offense in full yet. But like I mentioned, the Bucks defense has struggled mightily. Either way, I don't know how the Rams stop this Bucks offense that, as I talked about already, is just surging and on fire right now. You like the over right now on a Wednesday night, 55 and a half. That's a big number. 
I'm so, I always come on the show and make like fire takes on the under and it's so bad. So I don't want to say I like the under, but uh, I'm eyeing the under. How about that? Don't bet the under, but I'm eyeing the under. <laughs> Fair enough. Jump in here, Rebar. Uh, take either side of this as far as uh, the offense. Take Tampa, take the Rams, whatever jumps out for you. Yeah, this, this one's going to be interesting, I think, for the Bucks side too, because, uh, you know, they, they have faced uh, two pretty miserable defenses to open in Dallas and the yeah. Falcons. And when these teams played a year ago, uh, Brady had his worst completion rate, his lowest yards for pass attempt, uh, and one of his lowest scoring games of the season, you know, in that, uh, I think it was a Sunday night game. I might be mistaken uh, when these two teams played, but I'm looking at this other side of it and I'm looking at this Ram side and I'm looking at Matthew Stafford. It's only dropped back the pass 59 times to two total games. Cause like Daigle said, they really haven't been tested and you know, the, the, the Tampa Buccaneers are complete. Like we know they are a pass funnel and they've already opened the year where teams are running the lowest rate against them. Even in neutral game script, they face 62 and 48 dropbacks their first two games. So I'm thinking we're going to get a high value Matthew Stafford game. He's been everything we could have asked for to open the season uh, against this, you know, kind of Bucks defense that they give up production. They, they're, they're good against the pass. Like they've had 6.6 yards for pass attempt. That's ninth in the NFL and 9.1 yards per completion, which is third, but teams drop back 60 times a game against them. So the, the counting stats are always there. I mean, Matt Ryan got there. I mean, the, so like we're going to get a, a better passer uh, than they faced last week with more dropbacks than he's had so far this season. He might, Stafford might drop back as many times he's dropped back in the season this game. When these two teams played a year ago, Sean McVay had Jared Goff and he threw the run game out of the window. Uh, Rams backs had 16 total carries in that game. Uh, Jared Goff dropped back to pass 51 times. Jared Goff had 380 yards against the Bucks. So Matthew Stafford, you know, transitive property, that's like 750 yards. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I mean, but so I'm excited for to see the kind of the, this Rams offense kind of be actually pressed and be put into kind of full gear um, because I like a, a lot of plays here on the side. I mean, obviously I'll leave Cooper cup on the board because everyone, we don't really need to, to kind of get in the weeds on him, but uh, Robert Woods was back. Whatever happened in week one, they didn't release anything. I don't know if he was hurt, he had some kind of illness that they never told us, but he only ran a pass route on two thirds of the team dropbacks. But then last year it was back up to last week. It was back up to 97% and he had the nine targets. Uh, he absolutely smashed in this matchup uh, a year ago. He had 15 targets for 130 yards. Uh, I'm also interested in, in Van Jefferson in this game. He's ran a, a pass route on 85% and 100% of the team dropbacks, but because they've only dropped back the pass 59 times, only had three targets in each game. As I see like a pump player, cheap stacking option in this game, if you double like the dropbacks, he can easily get six or seven targets now, I think in this game uh, and being kind of a, a unique uh, access uh, to kind of stack this game as well. But I'm definitely interested very much in the Ram side of it, and especially not the lost Daryl Henderson. I mean, this is going to be a, a drop back pass heavy game uh, for an offense that that we that has already been hyper efficient so now we can see some volume with it is that was, official henderson's officially out not i that. know but he's gonna i mean he's got the same injury cam Akers had last year and Akers missed two weeks afterwards i, I was one week early on ben jefferson hmm. <laughs> so the thing is also like if michelle is their lead back they're not going to give the ball to michelle like 20 times right and well there's well, no McVay, team that plays the bucks does that <laughs> yeah right mcveigh's a smart guy he's just going to go back and chuck and stafford again yeah. it's not one of those guys i don't like the roster the quarterbacks that can't move remember uh, even, we remember yeah. we talked about it in week one um even kellen moore called 28 runs and dak checks out of 12 of them because you can't go through the teeth of the bucks front seven and that's probably why mcfay altered the offense altogether. so if we're now going to see ben jefferson uh cooper cup and robert woods with like higher target shares altogether, that's really interesting also like robert woods is intriguing because 
uh, I know you don't want to get into the re- the weeds on it, Reeves, but like George Kittle, like I can't, I don't really have a good explanation as to why he has a lower target share than usual, and thus that leads me to want to play Woods whenever Cooper Cup will probably come in heavily rostered because like they're they're really running similar routes. It's just that Cup is winning outright more so than Woods right now. No, I meant not the weeds on Woods and then on Cup. Like we know like what's happened with with Cooper cup. First of all, Cooper yeah. cup has two touchdowns where no one guarded him. <laughs> Honestly, <Yeah. laughs> Two of his touchdowns. No one even guarded him. I saw there was a stat. I think Cynthia Freeland dropped it, that he is the only player that has multiple touchdowns with over five yards of separation. <laughs> like, so like he just had two freebies. So, I mean, you'll take him, and he's obviously been, and I thought I was on Cooper cup, uh, Cooper cup over woods and in, in drafts all summer. And I had him ranked higher than him because I yeah. thought the, the offense coming in was going to suit him. The middle of the field was going to be more open with Matthew Stafford and it has been, it hasn't worked out for Tyler Higby. He's been out there though. Uh, but you know, Cooper cup's not going to also do what he did the first two weeks, every week of the season. Uh, I think we'll see that though this week. I mean, the field's sharper. I think we'll see guys like Robert Woods and DK Metcalf and Justin Jefferson be pretty highly played this week uh, for good reason. We can forgive Higby when he had one catch for uh, last week. I think he was on the field for every single snap mm-hmm. though which is encouraging. Obviously, he feels like a bounce-back spot here. I saw a note about Brown. Uh, he's on a COVID list. Does that mean he's officially out this week, or it's pending? I don't know. Uh, he has to have two negative tests within 48 hours uh, and also has to clear you know, testing positive. First off, he actually has COVID that has to go away. Uh, and the, But he has to have two negative tests in 48 hours is the rule. All right, so stay tuned on that one. Obviously, you know, if he's out, do we care about if he's out like Scotty Miller or we just like, we just think Evans and Godwin and Gronk will get a little bit more. I think we, thought? I think we've seen who the target shares are going to pretty handily. And we talked about it last week uh, with, with, we even mentioned playing Evans in that spot. It was such a good pivot for the afternoon, knowing that some of the chalk was going to come, who the chalk was in the morning slate and then coming back in the afternoon with these guys that were lower rostered. And Evans was one of those individuals. Whereas now, especially if Antonio Brown's going to be out uh, that's probably where everyone's going to flock to. But Antonio Brown plays, again, we talked about it last week, similar, literally same targets per game that they've had in the now what is 10 regular season games they've played together since last year. So overall, like you're just playing the lower rostered individuals and then matching Gronk whenever it suits best. Uh, Gronk's not going to average two touchdowns per game, but Gronk is also on the field every single snap, basically. And he is, um, what was I going to say? I forgot what else it doesn't say. Are we buying Gronk? Is he real? I mean, I, like you said, he's not going to score two touchdowns every single game. He's done it so – I think he's done it so far, right? Both games? Yes. I think it, that's yeah. happened. Uh, and in the Super Bowl, so three games in a row, he scored two touchdowns. Oh, I didn't play. think of that. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's been incredible. Rebar, I mean, how real – and I see smart people just saying, like, nah, I'm not chasing that. Nah, and he just keeps doing it. Um, and this seems like another great gaming. But everything about this game is amazing. It's in a dome, high, high and tight. Uh, fast pace i just wish that the quarterbacks can move but you can't have everything uh <laughs> it's it's gonna be an awesome fantasy game i feel like i mean like now i'm not it's I, like i'm chasing am i chasing gronk like now i'm talking about being late but like you know he's still in play right we have to consider him yes yeah absolutely i mean uh he's he led the he led all tight ends and end zone targets a year ago and has come right out of the gates it's like the same thing with Thielen. like yeah one day it's gonna end there's gonna be a week where he doesn't score a touchdown but that's his role in the offense 
Uh, you know, he's he's the guy that, that butters the bread, man. I mean, you've seen it even last week. They didn't need to run that play action pass. They sure did, though, uh, you know, <laughs> and hit him. Uh, I am curious at the Buck side because Brown was like my highlighted run back for this game. And now that the news kind of dropped today, it's kind of thrown me for a loop a little bit because I was really eyeballing Brown because these two teams played last year. He had a team high targets and I liked his kind of matchup the most. Uh, where he kind of runs his routes on the field because under Raheem Morris, the Rams have kind of just shifted into letting Jalen Ramsey basically play like a, a like a sub linebacker spot. Uh, he's played 48 coverage snaps in the slot. Uh, the only other Rams cornerback to play in the slot was Darius Williams. He's only played 17 snaps. When these two teams played a year ago, he only played five snaps in the slot, uh, Jalen Ramsey. So if he's going to be kind of in the same role as Zinks, they don't use him to shadow anybody anymore. Like he's, they kind of use him as like a full field defender now because they like the way he plays the run. Uh, he's a physical cornerback. He's just not a guy that goes out and, and shadows people really anymore. He's just really, he's a good all around football player and they use him that, that way defensively uh, instead of just, you know, having, you know, kind of a, cause you know, you could take guys out of the game like that. Remember the, uh, the Packers used to do that with Richard Sherman every time they would play. Remember, they would run like Jarrett Boykin at Richard Sherman the entire game, and then just throw 14 passes to Jordy Nelson on the other side of the field. That's not how the Rams are using Jalen Ramsey. Uh, and that would kind of, you know, overlap more to like where Chris Godwin plays uh, just by default. So, I mean, I was really eyeballing Brown. It seems like if they just do what they did last year, it was Scotty Miller was the guy that kind of played that role in the offense. But Scotty Miller is just not a guy that's going to command a lot of targets. So, uh, I'm a little kind of iffy on like what my run back angle is here for the Bucks, so maybe you guys can provide some clarity. I, I, I was what I was going to say was actually like everyone thinks Gronk's going to go away just because it seems like you can't comprehend it based on last year. But also remember at this time last year, he was a WWE champion. He was a 24 seven champion. He was not focused on football whatsoever. And he's only five months older than Travis Kelsey. Like no one real, and Travis Kelsey's not going anywhere apparently anytime soon. So like, of course, Gronk can finish as like the season's tight end too, because he's being used on nearly every snap in a way that would help him go to that range. So yeah, like I'm totally like Gronk is a tremendous play. Amazing play. He's in a zillion commercials too. So many Gronk commercials. Him and Shaq cannot turn down a paycheck. They just can't. They don't know how to. Yeah, I I really like Shaq. But why are you hawking the general? The general really takes advantage of people that you know that are there that are vulnerable. (laughs) But there are like there are Shaq videos if you look them up on YouTube where he's on like Japanese car racing game shows. Like he literally, if they want him to fly somewhere, if they pay for it, he's gonna go. That's actually what I want my life to be in like ten years. But if you pay for it, he's actually absolutely gonna go there. All right. The general is not the sponsor of the show. The sponsor of the show. Not anymore. They are. (laughs) General car insurance. I really don't like the general. Uh, Stop throwing your money away. It's time to check out Jock Market. Jock Market is the app where you play Daily Fantasy. uh, And Daily Fantasy becomes a stock exchange. You buy and sell shares of players in real time for real money, for real American dollars. Download now for a 100% deposit bonus uh, match up to $50. Use the promo code GRINDERS. Get this, if you don't turn a profit this week, Jock Market, they're going to cover your losses in your very first event. Download Jock Market in the app or play stores or check out jockmarket.com. Use the code GRINDERS, G-R-I-N-D-E-R-S. Again, that is for a 100% deposit match, up to $50 on your first deposit. Um, you know, Dago, you got anything else in this game that's worth knowledge, acknowledging? I don't, I, I thought I was being cute. I thought I was being clever last week. And I'm like, you know, Tampa's, Give me either Fournette or Jones. One of them's bound to get there. And I didn't realize that, in fact, you're in that Tom Brady is going to fool an Aaron, uh, fool an Aaron Rodgers from last year and just be a complete greedy Gus. And he wants every stinking touchdown at the one yard line. And they both stunk. And 
Jones, I always see his videos of him on Twitter, like missing blocks and making terrible decisions when he's running the ball. And I'm like, I, I guess he's, I mean, running backs don't matter, but I guess he's just not good. I don't know. Um, and, the coaches don't and, like him. It doesn't seem. In season, Ronald Jones keeps the light on at NBC Sports Edge. He pays the bills <laughs> with his blurbs because Arians has nothing but bad things to say. Like the only golden rule is that when Arians calls Ronald Jones the starter, don't play him. Like that's literally <laughs> the only rule you need to know. We have done this so many times already. So like, even if you're in the redraft streets, like if you want to keep him on your roster, fine. But like pick the time when you're going to start him. Like you can't, you really can't. Well, but then he said, I got three starters, like Fournette, Jones, and Bernard are all starters. <laughs> and, and by the way, Bernard looks like a guy Cincinnati should have cut. Like, he's not doing well right now. <laughs> yeah, but Tampa doesn't – they're just going to keep chucking, I suppose, and if that keeps yeah. working. It, I mean, it's it's great. It's not failing them yet. We, we love it in fantasy for sure. Uh, all right. You got anything else in this game, Rebar, or shall I move on? No, I think we covered most of it. All right. Baltimore, Detroit. Detroit's getting eight points at home. Uh, Baltimore, big favorite here. 50 is the total. Uh, well, you know, Dago, I'll let you uh, start this one off for us because you, you selected this game, and uh, I, I suppose you're excited about uh, Lamar. Lamar on the turf here against Detroit. Uh, yeah, there's a couple of reasons. One, like I said, every show is going to talk about Chargers Chiefs. Let's be different. This is the pick six. You come from unique perspectives. And Lamar, it's not really unique, but you know he's good. 24 fantasy points per game since he returned to the from the COVID list in week 13 against the Cowboys last year. We have to go all the way back then to prove that he's been healthy and strong since that point. Um, also has 11 more carries than any other quarterback through two games this year. And that's with them still not having really have to run a jailbreak yet. Like they looked bad in week one. And so I thought that maybe negative game script would then lead to just chaos. And perhaps uh, that same performance that he had against the Titans in the playoffs a couple years ago, where he has to draw back and throw 40 times. And when Lamar has to drop back 50, 60 plus times, it's awesome, genuinely for fantasy. But what's happened is that they're still moving along um, over six yards per play in both their first two games. And now you get a Lions offense and defense that genuinely is just not holding on. Uh, they are making look games making look games more respectful because they are catching up in the fourth quarter. Like the lions are a consistent, scary backdoor cover because they take on the personality and vision of their head coach. They literally bite kneecaps. Literally they bought a bit <laughs> Raheem Mostert's kneecap and they never give up whatsoever, which is why they nearly covered that 11 and a half spread in the fourth quarter this past week on Monday night. But overall uh, this game is, is very enticing just for how poorly their defense played and how well, as we expect, Expected the Ravens offense is playing after last year's regression from their performance in 2019. All right, Rebar, jump in here as far as uh, anything else you want to add as far as Lamar. Ready-made pairings, I suppose, you know, Hollywood, Marquise Brown's looking great. Uh, Andrews hasn't really quite got there, but like in theory, he will. It's, you know, it's going to happen at some point, I suppose. They did pay him a good bit. Uh, and Watkins has been okay too. Uh, or you could just run Lamar naked, I suppose, right? I think. Yeah, I mean, always. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, what a, what a huge game that was for Lamar. I mean, you know, throws yeah. the pick six on the first drive, throws another interception early in that game. They're down double-digit points in the third quarter, and, you know, he, he still throws for nine yards for pass attempt. It's just dominant, you know, over the final, you know, 20 minutes of that game, gets the first win over the Chiefs. So it was, it was a huge, huge win, and you can see kind of the, them them how it was how it was received by 
uh, you know, him in like the post-game press conference and everything. It was a huge win for them. Let's see what they do and build on them and get rolling. Because remember, they, they choked away that first game in week one. Uh, they could have started 0-2 if they didn't fight back, uh, you know, which really would have been a terrible spot. But, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, they're Detroit... too much of that uh, fourth and one, like, oh, Lamar said we're going to go for it. So we're going to, like, you're going for it no matter what. And Lamar's, oh, not yeah. gonna like, Lamar's like, you know what? Let's punt it to the greatest offense that's ever played football. Let's do that. I would, it'd be amazing if he said that. But And, and plus, I mean, listen, the Chiefs hadn't stopped them for, the whole second half like they were getting whatever yeah. they wanted yeah um i actually give them credit for the third and long passing play the watkins that set up the fourth and one because they could yeah. have easily just turtled and ran in that third down a lot of people forgetting that they could have made the chiefs you know use that you know use that timeout and you know ran it and you know gotten three yards and then had the punt but they threw the ball on third and long they were trying to get a first down before fourth down That's uh nice. so yeah i mean yeah they were trying to win that game they were trying to give the chiefs the ball back uh, for good reason <laughs> uh, <laughs> like absolutely no 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 circumstances um they you know give the the um i forget the um uh, the uh ravens defensive coordinator's name um is it wink wink martin wink Martindale. Wink Martindale. yeah Dude, they only blitzed him four times in the game. And he, he Mahomes was four or four with two passing touchdowns and they blitzed, but they only blitzed him four times. So they finally learned uh, the, the fourth time's the charm of, hey, maybe we just sit back in some zones and not blitz uh, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but yeah, listen, the Lions, uh, circling back there, the Lions defense is just such a travesty. Uh, we, you could talk about it every week who they're going to play. Teams are going to move the ball up and down the field on them. Uh, you talked about Hollywood. He's still really cheap because, you know, they play in the late game so that all the pricing gets kind of froze when you're in that Sunday night game. Uh, he's been really good. I mean, you know, a lot of people have dropped the stat. He's at 80 yards or a touchdown in 10 straight games dating back to last year. Uh, this was this past week was just the third time in his career he's had double digit targets. A lot of people, I think, forget that, like, he's a legitimate prospect. Like, and he has been a good player mm-hmm. in the role he's in. Like, there's a, a multiverse where Marquise Brown gets drafted to a team that throws a lot and his career statistically looks a lot different. But he's he was a first round pick and a really good prospect. He can play the game of football. Uh, and, you know, you, you've, we've seen that, you know. So uh, he's a good player. The Lions have allowed 2.1 fantasy points per target to opposing wide receiver. That's 23rd in the NFL. They're 28th in yards per target allowed to them. So there's still opportunity there. This, this is a game where we can't really expect a lot of volume, though. It's going to be one of those, like, he's got to do it on six to seven targets. Um, and then also, I like Mark Andrews a lot here as the stacking partner. Uh, he's kind of run a little bit cold, but he's been out there. 93% of the team dropbacks. Um, the, the Detroit has allowed 16.3 yards per target and 3.3 fantasy points per uh, target to opposing tight ends through two weeks. Uh, so definitely, I think this is a good get right spot for Mark Andrews as well. Yeah, general rules are like burners in a dome too, especially against a rough defense. So I'm good on Brown as well. Uh, Dago, you thinking that Hawkinson? Hawkinson is probably the most appealing run back in this game, right? He's definitely going to be the most popular. Uh, obviously leads the team in targets and routes run. So the perfect usage guy. Even since Tyra Williams has been out in the fourth quarter in week one on, uh, Hawkinson leads the entire team in targets as well with 13. Quintus Cephas has the second most targets with 12 in those five quarters. But overall, Hawkinson will probably be the most popular play. But again, you could also just go DeAndre Swift because if Swift and Hawkinson were on a good team, they're probably honestly not as good of a 
uh, tandem in fantasy. But the fact that this team is always a negative game script and probably always will be has made them enticing options because we know their athleticism and their explosiveness. DeAndre Swift, of course, with 16 targets compared to Jamal Williams' 12, except as the better athlete, DeAndre Swift can do immense things with eight targets per game. So still even on perhaps lower volume, um, if you think the Lions are going to be a negative game script early, which they probably will, honestly, then uh, then he's still a great play on it. Anything else that's worthwhile as far as this game, uh, Reeves, or shall we move on and talk about the position by position, our favorite quarterback to start with? No, no, yeah, that sounds good. I mean, listen, there are like five good tight ends in the NFL, and the Ravens have opened with like all of them. They start with Waller, then they go to Kelsey, and then they go to Kittle or uh, Hawkinson. So uh, they, they've definitely had practice against these elite tight ends. That'll throw off the old, you know, defense versus position. Sometimes look at, you know, tell, oh, this team's not going to Oh, especially tight against tight end. It's the, the, those stats. Come on, man. They can be super <laughs> misleading if you're not digging into them. Uh, we referenced it a couple of, a couple of times as far as the quarterbacks. Obviously, Mahomes, Casey versus the Chargers. Both those quarterbacks are very, certainly certainly interesting. I know, uh, you know, kind of disappointing game uh, last week as far as the Dallas and Chargers game with Herbert. But they were both moving the ball. Just some turnovers and couldn't do anything in the red zone, unfortunately. Uh, well, I guess we got to talk about fields, right? Who wants to give the fields pitch? Uh, well, I wanted Herbert. You can go fields. Because like I mean, I'm, I'm I'm a little bit down on field, so I'd rather someone like sell me on him. Well, I mean I'm I think it's more just like pricing and and uh, the rushing ability. Because we look at just like his his scramble rate per drop back in the preseason, it was so insane that he's going to run a lot. And we saw him last week; he had seven rushing attempts before the kneel downs. So there's going to be rushing attempts there. Uh, the counting stats don't look as good because Allen Robinson decided to let a 35 yard touchdown go through his hands. But I mean. Fields has definitely got some, you know, he, he's slow to process. Uh, that's been something that's happened throughout the preseason. I mean, I don't know how much crazy I'm going to get with him either. Uh, just because, you know, especially like a DraftKings, you're not going to get the, at least one of the bonuses. You might get the rushing bonus. Uh, and you don't know what you're going to get passing. But, I mean, it's just really kind of like the same situation Jalen Hurts was in last year. Uh, very similar. I like Herbert, too. I mean, Herbert's really, really unlucky. He has 337 and 338 passing yards the first two games and one touchdown each game. They had two touchdowns come off the board due to penalties last week. Uh, they definitely cheated on one of them. The other one was questionable. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he, he, that game looks hot. Uh, we've got Russell Wilson and Kirk Cousins in, it, in a, what could be another fun game. Kirk Cousins and the Vikings are keep finding themselves in uh, these fun matchups as well. Both of those guys, I think, are in play. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, a, it's, there's no shortage of good quarterback plays. I mean, Daniel Jones is, is facing the Falcons. Uh, they've been terrible against, you know, mobile quarterbacks uh, dating back to last year. They're going to blitz a lot. Uh, Daniel Jones is like the RPO master now, all of a sudden he's got the, he, he's second behind Lamar Jackson designed rushing yards. It's not like even him scrambling. So, I mean, they're, they're all abundance of good quarterback plays. So, like, you can find them. And that's the pivot, right? Like if everyone, if we see that ownership is going to come overweight on Justin Fields, then Daniel Jones, like that's the spot. Uh, like you said, seven and a half attempts per game so far. He's accounted for 31% of the Giants carries. Uh, and New York's defense, I don't know why schematically, but they've been a travesty through two games in allowing Teddy Bridgewater and Taylor Heineke to combine for 600 yards and four touchdowns. So like there's real shootout potential there as well. And he's Daniel a direct Jones. pivot. He's okay. a direct pivot off of Saquon too, who's going to be super high on uh, this week on both sites. 
That is uh, a good segue for so we'll talk running backs in a second. You, you have anything else to say as far as running uh, quarterbacks? It sounds like you have a couple I, guys. I just want yeah, I just want to sell people on Herbert because I think Herbert is actually oh, yeah. my my favorite quarterback in this entire slate, even over Patrick Mahomes, um, because the Chargers are one are one of only two offenses to have run at least seventy plays in both of their opening games, um, punting just one time by the way, and that dud against the Cowboys last week. So hopefully that lowers the ownership on on the Chargers this week. But they've still totaled they've only totaled thirty seven points through two weeks because they have the second worst red zone scoring percentage in the NFL. The good news though, is that the chiefs defense has allowed over seven yards per play in both games. And so since we know the chargers play volume and we know the chiefs yards per play with that travesty of a defense, I think it really uh, meshes well, as long as things click. And so that's a chance I'm willing to take knowing the chiefs are going to punch back against Los Angeles this week. And, you know, that's if you need to convert red zone possessions, this is the matchup. I mean, the Chiefs were right. dead last last year. 73% of their opponent red zone possessions went for touchdowns. And to open the season, all eight red zone possessions have gone for touchdowns Ooh. against them. We mentioned Russ in passing, but I love him in a dome there in Minnesota. That game, that game can certainly uh, shoot out. Is anybody buying uh, Carr, Derek Carr? Is this real here against Miami? Does it, does it have to be real against Miami? Or what do they really have to do against Miami? Because Miami, their offense looks pretty inept. And, Maybe they can just kind of like win an ugly one there uh, down there in Miami. But uh, Carr, anybody want to sell this or it's kind of fraudulent? No, I mean, they go back to last year. His last six games, he's had over 20 fantasy points. So, I mean, it's not it's more than a two-week sample. And they're good defenses he's doing it against. And they, they have the weapons. Like, uh, it does seem like, because historically, he just didn't turn the ball over. He played it safe. But it does seem like, I don't know how it happens in his seventh year, but he's almost gotten smarter under center. Like, he has a higher quarterback IQ, and whenever seeing a blitz, not being afraid to launch it deep in man-on-man coverage and giving his guys chances, where that's that wasn't the case historically. So, now that they're actually using rugs properly, like, it's good to see what happens whenever he takes chances. Well, the blessing is that they're terrible at running the ball too. Like oh, it's so. kind of like they're, they're, they're easily one of the worst rushing teams in the NFL in terms of EPA. Uh, so they've been kind of just forced to, to throw and it's actually kind of been a blessing them realizing like, Oh yeah, we have these guys that can actually do things in offense when we throw the football. All right. Uh, running backs. There's a couple that are going to be, we're going to be forced to talk about, especially DK specific, just because the price is putting us there. Uh, CEH I think is a good place to start. He's 4.8 K on DK which is just, I mean, if you look at that tag and that name, it's like, how is he so cheap? Of course, he's coming off that, you know, that really rough fumble last game. Not really sure if he's going to get penalized so much there, but eh, 4.8K rebar on DK for CEH. He's going to be popular because salary matters. Yeah, I mean, listen, I was, even before it became kind of a bit this week to kind of go to bat for him and like not even, not even like on flop lag or like just to be contrarian. Uh, We talked about this last week with the Cowboys. So Brandon Staley's defense, the way it's structured is to play the shell too high safety look and all he does is invite you to run. He gives you light boxes after light box after light box. And you've seen it. Antonio Gibson uh, faced the loaded box on just 5% of his carries in week one. Dallas backs just 17%, five of their 29 carries last week. They invite you to run the football. That's what they want you to do. And Dallas acquiesced it. Washington acquiesced it. The Chiefs last year when teams went too high safety and they faced too high safeties more than any team in the NFL early in the season, they did line up and say, we'll run the football. They did it with the Clyde Ritzler week one against Houston. Uh, I think it was week six against Buffalo. And then their offensive line deteriorated. Clyde Ritzler got hurt. So I'm really curious to see how the Chiefs handle things because objectively it would be a spot to where they're going to check into a lot of runs. 
Like, cause that's what teams do. It's what this defensive scheme is about. So I was ready to kind of make the argument for him. And then it turned to a bit, they dropped his pricing. He fumbles on Sunday night. And it's like, now it's like, it's lost. It's, it's luster to even kind of go to, to go to bat for it. Uh, you, <laughs> I, I was going to say, it's also an issue because these two slates with the chalk, Derek Henry and Clyde Edwards layer on DK anyways, um, they're both at the 1 PM games. And so like you leave so little information on the table, whether, they hit like if even if they hit right and they come in over roster because their prices and because of the spots um and it makes sense because edwards lair playing him you can fit henry you don't know anything about the opponent your opponent's lineups then so really you learn nothing if they both go off so it's just a it's a weird spot to roster both um even if you want to especially with games we like in the afternoon like bucks rams and viking seahawks yeah, the other two are at Miami and Vegas and uh, the Jets and the Broncos. I mean, the Jets and the Broncos are playing football this weekend, but does anybody does anybody care? I mean, I suppose there's a few we can talk about a few players. We also don't have CMC on the main slate, and then the Cowboys don't play. So there's no Zeke. I don't know if anyone is going to go there, but so we don't have CMCs though. So now yeah. the the payup options are Dalvin Cook, who you know basically Mike Zimmer said like we don't care how hurt he is we're gonna give him 100 carries <laughs> or yeah or Dalvin uh Derrick Henry again you know for and Derrick Henry's price went way up after last week so I actually like the kind of mid-tier running backs this week a lot because there's a lot of expensive wide receivers I want to play on this slate uh I like the price zone that like CH is in obviously they gave you know Saquon's gonna be really popular I think Austin Eckler is a really good play as well um Austin Eckler uh, against the Chiefs has been also like I don't want to use a bunch of like stats the Chiefs have like allowed so far because they face Cleveland and Baltimore like the two best running teams in the NFL but we also know that the Chiefs historically like give up a lot of yards to running backs because they don't care uh, Eckler has been a top 15 scorer in the past each of the past five games he's played the Chiefs he's averaged 20 PPR points against them in the last five games 109.2 yards from scrimmage in those matchups as well uh he's definitely a guy we, we like the role he's had to start the year he came back he had the targets uh the nine targets last week he had a basically a goal line carry because it was a two-point conversion so he's still been the guy on those down distances in a high scoring game I, I think that he's still a little bit underpriced where he's at um i like that tier of running backs a lot because i think the payup spots are really only for me anyways are those two guys i mentioned because aaron jones is not on the slate either because uh, I'm not really, I'm not going to be in on Kamara. He's going to get the ownership that Henry had last week. Kamara is going to have this mm-hmm. week. I think, I think he's going to be mostly mm-hmm. ignored and obviously always interesting in tournaments. If you can get a, a guy with that kind of skill set. I believe 5%. that, I believe that total for the saints is 41 and a half, right? Last I looked like in a 2021 NFL football game, like that's how little respect they're giving the Patriots and the saints. Yeah. I, yeah. I and maybe rightfully so. <laughs> maybe it's right, by the way. Jets Denver 41 and a half for the record, by the way, like both those okay. games. Yeah. Um, the Jets team total is like 15 because <laughs> the like Broncos the are 10 Broncos are 10 and a half point favorites in a game that is at a 41 point total. Yeah. I mean, do you like the over on 15? <laughs> I mean, by default, right? Like you just blind bet it hope for a defensive score or something like, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of ways to get there. Like <laughs> I, I also like in that middle range, uh, he has to play of course, but Elijah Mitchell handled 19 touches and no one cares. So I am hoping both Trey Sermon or maybe just Elijah Mitchell, whatever the case, whomever's active, like they showed us last week with 
whoever is in that backfield, it is Mitchell's backfield. As he had seven of the first half, he had all 100% of the first half carries, all seven of them. And Jermichael Hasty, who's not going to play, had four catches and four targets among that group. So if Hasty's out and then it's just Mitchell and Sermon, I would assume it's Mitchell against a Packers defense that somehow downgraded and moving on from Mike Pettin and going to Joe Barry. So I, I'll be on Mitchell if he's active. Uh, Barkley versus the fantasy sieve that is the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, he saw a big jump uh, from week one to week two as far as his snaps, but 48% to 84%. His price did not jump. His price on DK, we're looking at 6.5K. I mean, this feels like, again, it's Wednesday night, and I hate to speculate. Six, on what's going to be chalky. on FanDuel. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's too good. It's just too good. And I would like to fade it at those prices, but like it's, I mean, what, what he's a five box check running back that is at those prices. Like, what are you really supposed to do? I mean, they're basically telling you, you have to play him at least in cash games. The only hole I will poke in Saquon Barkley outside of maybe the Giants are just really bad at running the football is that he's, he ran a pass route on 70% of the dropbacks last week. He was targeted just three times. He's played 14 full games with Daniel Jones and he's had three or few catches in seven of them. Uh, more than five catches in just three. So if it's the one hole you can kind of poke into it of like, you know, maybe you don't get that like elite receiving upside, but we know he's capable. And at that price, like you're always going to bite the apple. A uh, couple more thoughts. Um, you guys season long guys, you know, you, you specialize, well, you do DFS as well too, but I'm just thinking that uh, uh, people were excited about Cordell Patterson, like eight years too late, but Cordell Patterson <laughs> was, a, was a thing. And I, I imagine people are picking him up in season long. And is he somebody we can even play? Is that going to continue going forward? The whole Mike Davis situation there too. It's kind of murky. Does anybody care to talk about? I mean, it's, it's encouraging that he had one target and two carries inside the five yard line. The only three opportunities among that backfield. But like, I actually talked about this on the, a good football show, iTunes, shameless plug uh, today that, all of our information that we use is all the same. Like on this show, on weekly previews for player props, for like start sit decisions, we all have the same information. You just have to parse it differently. So while Cordero Patterson seemed like the player to get really high on on waiver wires because it was a bare week, like at max and redraft leagues, you're hoping, you're hoping he's a flex option, hoping. And so like, even when you watch him run between the tackles and I'm not a film guy, but like, he's also just not a good running back. And it was the same with the bears. Anytime they asked him to use his vision, that's not how you use Cordero Patterson. And so what it seems like is the Falcons are learning how to use him. Like they're just trying, they know he's a weapon. They just are not sure where to put him on the field just yet, which is why he's playing from the backfield, the tight end to end the slot. And so they'll learn eventually, but not someone I would imagine anyways, that you want to play in DFS. They did the whole last week too. They had a third and one and out comes Coral Patterson. They go I form and try to power and lose no. like six yards. Not half- like, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's, yeah, it's just so hilarious. <laughs> I guess it's a good spot to kind of touch on Pittsburgh. Uh, Roethlisberger is a mess. Who could have foresaw that? Their offensive line's a mess. Who could have foresaw that? Harris, he got there on that one play, but the, he was bailed out by a 25-yard catch. He was on the field 100% of the snaps or enough of the snaps. I don't know what to do with him, and I don't know what to do with the skill positions. We're talking receivers in a second rebar here, but, like, the general thoughts as far as that Pittsburgh offense, it's hard to be optimistic. Yeah, I mean, Ben's hurt. He's already attacked his offensive coordinator. Nothing's <laughs> changed. Uh, week three, it, it, you're cool. It's, it's, and, I mean, really, I was someone that actually was giving the Steelers a little bit of a hall pass, like, and was, like, kind of, like, giving them the, like, 
the, the opening season, opening of the season, like saying, all right, they've got all this talent. They ran a lot of pre-snap motion. They did all these things in the preseason. And I'm like, all right, this could maybe work. Like I'm going to believe in some of these players and they've come out and done it. Like they've run, it's been a more modern in an approach. Like they're using more on like Ben's playing under center a little bit more. Uh, they're using some of that motion, but like, it's the same stuff happening over and over again. Uh, Juju Smith Schuster is back to, he's got a four and a half yard a dot. Uh, you know, he's not getting any downfield targets or playing outside. Like they kind of suggest he would the offensive line can't block anybody uh, only mark ingram is averaging you know fewer yards per carry before contact than Najee harris is so far in the season uh ben has looked just terrible so far uh it's just it's really hard because it's the same stuff we left them off as uh you know a year ago when they were a disaster at the end of the season and um it's really hard to have a lot of faith and i mean honestly and to the, the, the Bengals' defensive front has been kind of good to open the season uh so I mean, I, I think with the price jump, Najee was one of those guys the first two weeks where it was like, he's so cheap he's in the volume that I'm just going to play. Or now that he's at the price jump, I'm like, cool, just leaving him go now. And also putting my red jacket back on for the Prairie Yards Hall of Fame. Uh, ben is 5 of 14 for 88 yards and a pick, <laughs> throwing 20 plus yards downfield. He's going to have to do better if Claypool's going to stay in a chance this year. That's it. But if Deontay's out, Claypool will be popular for sure. But will he be used like Deontay is the question. No, but if you look at last year when Deontay missed his time, I mean, mm-hmm. Claypool had like two studly games. So people will look at those splits. I think those I just splits. from a, from a roster uh, stance, like he's going to be popular. Cause I don't believe that uh, Deontay Johnson's going to play the quote from Tomlin was like, his knee is looking better, but not to be confused. Great. Uh, uh, sounds like pretty dire that he'll be on the field. It's Matthew McConaughey and true detective season one. He's just <laughs> soliloquies about life is all it is. <laughs> life, what is it? Life is a time is a flat circle. Yeah, yeah. Close enough. We almost got there. And they're banged up on defensive side of the ball too. Like they've been, they've been kind of snake bit the last couple of weeks. We, you know, Hayden, Devin Bush, TJ Watt all had injuries. Um, yeah, it's 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 tough in Steeler land there. I ran a bunch of optimals on DK. Uh, our first five receivers are all receivers we've talked about in games that I've already, uh, you know, we've already established. Uh, Cup, Godwin, Woods, Marvin Jones, and Chenault. Uh, the mm-hmm. next guy up, I remember asking this last week, and this is because of salary reasons, I assume. I remember saying, is Osborne, is he a real person? Is he a real thing? Is he somebody? And very first play of the game, I think it was the first play of the game. He caught like an 80-yard bur- burner. He was um, in my lotto. Uh, I just, I just, <laughs> I had the double stack. I just didn't have Derrick Henry, so it didn't matter. Nicely done. Uh, is he real? Should we acknowledge his existence? Is he worth, uh, you know, oh, I guess. I, I, I don't know if he's real because you're talking about a fifth round rookie having to fight for targets with all world Justin Jefferson, Nadam Thielen, who doesn't go away inside the 10. But after running the a league low rate in 11 personnel, three wide sets last year, like the Vikings are passing from 11 personnel at an 88% clip this year. Like that's their base package now. So like it, it, they are putting them on the field for 81% of their snaps. I just still think, and, and by the way, like a game against Seattle, it probably does lend to one unless both of them just want to like get competitive and put their hand in the dirt and run the ball at one another. Like it does make sense that they use him more which is why he's like a flex option or whatever in dfs but overall i I just don't think he can compete for targets this entire time as he leads the team in receiving yards right now yeah 59 percent of snaps so like he's out there a good bit like you said you know the free wide uh all right so who wants to open up some of the receivers that are worth acknowledging worth talking about uh you know Tariq is always going to do Tariq things for sure metcalf lockett one of them's in place seen them they always that buffalo offense has been disappointing quiet i mean washington's defense is supposed to be very good but this is this how it works out like now the one time we least expect it buffalo's gonna go off 
Uh, Rebar, some of the uh, receivers you think are worth pointing out, worth talking about here. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people will play DK Metcalf. He's had the exact same number of targets as Tyler Lockett in both of the opening two games. So we know that those guys typically don't, you know, kind of get off together. Uh, so like it might be kind of a swing game for him. I think he'll be popular though. Uh, I think AJ Brown is a guy that you can go back to. I mean, he played so awful last week. Uh, but if you kind of give AJ Brown that type of opportunity, he's going to have more really good games than bad games. Uh, so, I mean, I don't have a problem with him. The Colts have a lot of league high 11.6 yards per target to opposing wide receivers. They've also allowed five touchdowns to opposing wide receivers in the opening two games. So I think that there's kind of a little bit up, uh, can go back there. The concern there is if Jacob Eason has to start, if there's any type of counter punch in that game and listen, I'm going to throw, I got, I always give you one galaxy brain wide receiver a week. And uh, Van Jefferson doesn't count because I actually think that's a good play. Uh, my, I actually have a pivot, and it's off of Saquon, and it's with Daniel Jones. I actually think Kenny Galladay is, is a pretty decent DFS play, uh, especially like in a similar way like Corton Sutton was last week, uh, a guy you want to have like like 5 to 10% of this week across lineups because of his price. Um, he's had a lot of inefficient targets, just 50% catch rate, but he gets the kind of targets that we look for uh, to have, you know, kind of a, a high ceiling. He's averaging 15.4 average depth of target. He's averaging 14 and a half yards uh, per catch. He's on the field for 88% of the team snaps. He gets end zone targets. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons blitz and play man coverage uh, at one of the league highest rates. So I do think there is uh, opportunity here for, for Kenny Galladay, who's had a really tough cornerback draw the first two games, although he's looked terrible and can't separate. Uh, I think that he is the because everyone's going to want to play Sterling Shepard too uh, with with Daniel Jones, but I actually think Kenny Galladay is going to go overlooked. I thought for sure you're going to do it, you know, keep the joke alive and uh, throw out a Donovan Peoples Jones reference. And no oh, Jarvis Landry, he's so, out I mean, there exercising, baby. DPJ is out there running routes. Oh man, he's in our he's in our hearts, not in our lineups, but in our hearts. <laughs> <laughs> and Beckham, we'll see. Maybe he comes back this week. Maybe, maybe not. Um, yeah. It sounds like it, but also like. I mean, maybe you want to play him first game back. I, I don't know. But uh, this game also seems really slow and sluggish. Both teams rank top six in neutral run play rate. So that's why I'm also like off of fields. It just seems like a very bad spot for him. Having said that, and this is probably going to get popular. It may already be popular, but I do like Darnell Mooney. He's run a route on every single drop back for the Bears. And other than Russell Wilson, uh, Justin Fields, limited snaps of course but has the highest deep ball rate attempts 20 plus yards downfield and we know in tying Allen robinson went 15 targets apiece so far through two games like mooney this is where he shines the deep ball the issue of course is that andy dalton hasn't thrown a pass 15 yards downfield yet whereas that's what justin fields is going to do for a full game so i don't know what's going to happen with it but i would think it could be accurate so i don't mind being in on mooney and then it's probably chalky but like Debo Samuel is just such an awesome play. Like a uh, 36% target share through two games. We know the 40, the Packers defense has registered just one sack. The only team with just a single sack on the entire year. And then also they were outgained by the Lions in total yards on eight fewer plays last week. Like that defense is atrocious. So uh, attacking them, however we do so with Samuel or Elijah Mitchell is definitely going to be a way I do it in my lineup. Well, that's convinced be- that that game is on the main slate. Yeah, it's going to be chalky in the showdown slate. <laughs> oh, is it? Hold on, is it Sunday night? Yeah. <laughs> oh, geez, I didn't even realize that. Okay. Well, I'm going to have a great, I main... prepared everyone for the showdown slate. There you go. I literally, uh, well, I really had no idea. I assume you like Keenan <laughs> Allen, right? You like Herbert. Um, 
Yeah, but Big Mike is being used totally differently. Uh, and again, like just to see Austin Eckler get nine targets last week after he didn't get a single target in week one, I think you can go Herbert and Eckler and like Mike or Keenan Allen. I, I just, that game, I hope Justin Herbert comes in under rostered. I need to see the the percentages and like what we're guessing at because like that's the quarterback I really want to play. Is it going to be a weekly guessing game? Is Sutton going to be the guy? Sutton was, you know, great week one, obviously the week one with the, without Judy Sutton, Patrick Hamler. Do we even want to mess with that rebar? I mean, listen, Tim Patrick did uh, what Tim Patrick does. He had no catches and no yards and scored a touchdown. Zach Pascal, <laughs> Denver, Zach Pascal uh, strikes again. I just assume he's going to score. Uh, he, he's going to score a touchdown and still not be a top 40 scoring wide receiver. It somehow will happen. It, it could come back to bite me, but I would like to see in a different game plan, and a slower game against the Jets, most likely, what the Broncos and Sutton are going to do. Because Bridgewater even came out after that game and said, this is the plan all along for this week. The Jaguars run heavy man concepts, so we knew we were just going to give our wide receivers chances in man-to-man situations down the field every single play. And that's literally what he did. Sutton had the most air yards of any player going back to the start of 2020. Like, this was his game. And he's piqued my attention now, but I'm just curious if he's, if he's truly back to his vintage form. We need to tell people that, like, that Travis Kelsey is good. Like, I'm talking about tight ends. Of course, Travis Kelsey is good. If you have the salary, by all means, if you're stacking with Mahomes and you're running it back with, you know, Big Mike on the other side, have that and enjoy yourself. They know do this. You, do you stack all four? Do you stack Mahomes? Because CEH allows you to do that with Tyreek and Kelsey if you want it. Like, that's the question. That's what I've been running into with my lineups. I guess you can. Yeah, for but sure. But doesn't it cannibalize one another? Because you would hope for the touchdown equity that CEH has not had so far as Daryl Williams runs for a touchdown in negative three yards. So <laughs> I don't, I really don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the toughest thing I had I've had with trying to build CEH lineups is just that, you know, the, rece- the receptions and does he get pilfered? Um, All the lineups but... are the same too. Like if you built with him, because then you can yeah. afford the same guys everyone's paying up for. So it's a, uh, it's one of the most interesting DFS slates because Kalish has been buying NFTs and forgot to price CEH accordingly. <laughs> or maybe he's appropriately priced. We just don't know it yet. Or maybe that he pulls like that could be Jones. true as well. Yeah. He pulls an Aaron Jones and just catches three touchdowns from the, you know, that, that was just perfect. If y'all we also get the, uh, the, the Derwin James versus Kelsey bowl, which hasn't happened in basically three years, but they fit three times that Kelsey's played in a game with Derwin James. He's only had uh, three catches for 24 yards, seven for 61 uh, and one for six. Uh, so it's gonna be fun to see those guys square off because Kelsey. Is that a thing? You make yeah. this a thing, or is that a thing? No, it's just, I mean it's just Derwin James is really good and hasn't played a lot of football recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know I'm excited to watch that matchup. I mean I'm not fading Kelsey. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play Kelsey because he's easy to get in this week. I almost you know the, the early of the season it's been easy to play these tight ends because there's been so much money to go around uh, in terms of value so far on boards. And I think I don't know if it's early in the season they just want people to play DFS uh, before it tightens up. So they're just trying to bring people in. So it'd be a gateway drug but the pricing again we were three weeks in and it's super loose again yeah, i think higby is gonna be one of those guys that kind of make stuff work uh you can go to waller as well too the runbacks on miami's kind of rough do you guys think that uh, fuller is just full go this week or are they gonna kind of ease him in I mean, I mean, Jacoby Brissett is, I mean, I, so I, I ran a lot of Buffalo stacks last week. So I was invested in that game and oh my goodness was the Miami offensive line, just a disaster. Oh my goodness. I mean, Jacoby Brissett, he's so big. 
uh, in physical that like he was able to shed some of like the, the, the free rushers and sacks, but oh, he was running for his life that entire game. And of course it got to a knock out of the game. I mean, that offensive line was an absolute disaster. I mean, fire up the Raiders D man. Cause they've been getting after the quarterback. And, and honestly, like, what'd you say? If they're only four point favorites, is that, is that, I mean, you're getting a point. That's basically saying they're a point better. Three points for the, for the home team is more or less. That's kind of like the math. There are four point favorites. Am I reading this correctly? Is that not, is that a bad line or is that? I think I've seen four and a half and four. That sounds about right. Honestly. Okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, that's also why I was on, like I I considered talking about Josh Allen. I guess we're talking about him now because uh, Washington's defense for whatever reason, although they're getting pressure at a league high rate, uh, they've been atrocious through the air so far. I don't know if they're still meshing their scheme and like with new players and getting to learn one another, but like right now and not being able to stop, although the Chargers weren't able to put points on the board, the Chargers didn't have issues calling a great game plan and moving the ball. And then last week against the Giants, and maybe that's because the one time Jason Garrett had success is against a team he was familiar with for a decade plus. So that makes sense as well. But overall, like the Washington defense has not lived up to expectations so far. Um, even though Josh Allen has also not lived up to expectations as we may be getting his regression year after last year too. But Josh Allen also, of course, is not a bad play either. All right. I ran Anything a lot of Josh Allen when he slid short of the one yard line on that touchdown. It was I not was, pretty, man. I was I'm tilting. Pretty. I was tilting pretty hard. Yeah, I, I was in on Allen both week one and week two, and like I think the the uh, the field's going to be down on him this week, and for sure, yeah. like why can't he do it? Uh, yeah, I mean, look at the, so the regression is it really comes down to one thing. I've seen people talk about his deep ball rate, but it really comes down to uh, just pressure so far. And we talked about it last year. Even as good as he was last year, he was still thirty six in the of all quarterbacks in differential from yards for pass attempt from a clean pocket or under pressure and he's been under pressure on 40 percent of his dropbacks the seventh highest fought quarterbacks under pressure he's 11 of 31 passing 4.1 yards for pass attempt against the blitz so far he's six of 18 for just 3.6 yards for pass attempt uh it's really been the story of the opening two games is that he just has not been able to get comfortable and even when he was so great last year when he was under pressure and teams were able to get to him we saw some of the old josh allen come back um, still can make amazing plays. I mean, that first touchdown he threw to Diggs was just, you know, he, shed, he ducks underneath the, the rough free rusher, throws a pass that no one, you're, you're, you know, every coach is screaming not to make, and it's a touchdown. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he could definitely get there. It's a great quarterback slate, so you're definitely right. After two weeks, I think he will not be popular on any level. All right, any other thoughts here as far as a slate, Daigle, or shall we uh, call it a day and get out of here? That's it for me. It's a fun one. Yeah, it should be a fun one for sure. And it feels like there's like some clear cut, like these are the games you like, these are the games you probably shouldn't like as much. But of course, football and goofy things happen as well. You got anything else, Rebar, as far as the slate? Any other stats? Uh, on the work? You have a whole bunch in front of you, I'm sure. You spit out a whole bunch for the people. Overwhelming for the people in chat. Now do hit that like button. Hit the like button. Subscribe, turn on notifications. Uh, check out Rebar's content, Daigle's content. So you got anything else here before we step aside and get out of here? No, I mean, that's it. Just fun to, to, to get things kicked off here for the week. All right. Uh, yeah. So do like, do subscribe, do turn on notifications. Uh, like I said, we're going to run it back again. We'll give away one free week of RG premium. My favorite comment, our favorite comment. We'll come up with our favorite comment in the chat. Not actually in the chat right now. We're talking in the comment section there on the old YouTube. Uh, check out, uh, you know, Jock Market. Again, we have that 100% deposit match up to $50. Use the promo code GRINDERS. And also, if you don't turn a profit this week, Jock Market, they will cover your losses uh, in your very first event you played. Dagle, Rebar, everybody knows where y'all are at, but just in case, let them know. Rebar, you go first. Yeah, sharpfootballanalysis.com. Uh, you can find the weekly worksheet. 
uh, at Lord Reeves on Twitter, uh, here with Daigle and Dean every Wednesday night at nine. And John Daigle, when you're not, uh, when you're not out, uh, out to dinner with, with Silva, where, where can people find you? Uh, oh, uh, well, one, I just realized that I got so casual with my friends. I'm now leaning like way off screen. So I'm going to center myself as a <laughs> professional again and say uh, NBCSportsEdge.com. You can find my waiver wire column. I believe high stakes waivers just hit actually. So let's go check our teams instead. Also subscribe <laughs> to a good football show on iTunes and Spotify. Uh, keep watch and monitor the dumpster beers. Reeves and I team in fantasy because we had a hot week last week. Dean, I told you last week we needed some help and the fantasy gods answer us with Aaron Jones, Derek Henry, Tyler Lockett, and Russell Wilson. So we are back on track, buddy. Dumpster beers, that's the team name? Yeah, it's 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 explained. I don't know if we have time to explain this. Uh, it was explained <laughs> in the um, in EC era, the Eric Crane era. But yeah, maybe another time. Horizontal tease to next week. Fair enough. No worries. That's a cliffhanger for, for week four. If you want I'll to tell know you about our story, team name. <laughs> do check out the, the Rotor Grinders podcast feed as well. Subscribe to RG Daily Fantasy Football Pod feed to get all the latest episodes uh, to our content as they're published throughout the NFL season. Not just this show. There's plenty of shows there. You can have at it. Uh, lots of content to, to digest. Again, hit the like button. Subscribe. Turn on notifications. That was Daigle. That was Reeves. That was football. I was Dean. We're out of here. Coach!